You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons Podcast. You can visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Friends, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the pastors here at City Church of Long Beach. And it is very possible that we have some people with us this morning, uh, and this is your first time at City Church, or maybe your first time in a long time. Uh, For those of you where this is your absolute first time, this day may feel uh, a little different uh, than our general services. We are having a bit of an event today because we have been a baby church. For many years. We were planted back in 2013, and today is the day where we say, hey, we're kind of, we figured at least a few things out, not everything, but we figured out enough to say, like, we're, we're kind of entering this grown-up phase, and we are going to be establishing a board of elders and deacons who are going to be helping to guide the church alongside the pastors, and so it's just a big day. It's a celebration, and there are going to be some kind of formal pieces, kind of like a wedding, that are going to feel a little different than usual, and we're going to We're going to lean into it because it's special. And we are glad that you are here and with us today. And for any of you who you're just here because you want to celebrate that with us, thank you so much for coming and being part of this. We are City Church of Long Beach, and we're a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. As we start this time, uh, you know, we just realized there's going to be many words and much to listen to. And we wanna ask everybody to get involved from the very beginning, to to enter into the celebration with your full selves, including your voices. And so we wanna start out by saying together an ancient poem that really describes the heart of our faith, this Jesus word journey that we are on. And so we are going to, in just a moment, I'm gonna invite everyone to unmute so that we can say the Apostles' Creed together. The words will be up on your screen, and it, it's gonna be a little messy. We're all gonna do it at slightly different rhythms, and it's gonna be just fine. It's gonna be beautiful, in fact. So would you all join me in saying the words of the Apostles' Creed? Feel free to unmute and join me. I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of and earth. And I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius and was crucified, that the pains of hell on the cross died and died in the third day, he ascended into heaven, heaven and sitting in the right, right hand of God, God the Father. From there he will learn to judge the living and the dead. Believe in the Holy Spirit, the Christian church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the forever. That was awesome. That was really chaotic. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's go ahead and mute now. Uh, if you guys wouldn't mind muting, uh, let me give us a, a little bit of an orientation to where we are right now. Um, we are going to enter into a, uh, we're going to ordain our elders and deacons and become established as a church. So the basic history is that in 2013, a few families, Actually, uh, the Browns, Jason Brown's on the call here, Uh, Paul and Tammy, who are going to speak in a minute, Cody and Shauna, and me and Katie and our kids moved into Long Beach, uh, into the Wrigley neighborhood. 
Uh, we met in living rooms and driveways and then backyards and parks, uh, and then eventually at Lafayette Elementary, and then eventually on Zoom. Uh, we're part of one of the historic denominations in our country called the Reformed Church in America. And our subgroup of churches within that denomination is called the City of Classes, or the City Classes. And this group has agreed that we should become an official congregation, that we've been really a church plant up to this point. So one of the benefits of organizing into an official church is that now we get to install a plurality of leaders, elders and deacons, to join uh, Brenna Rubio and myself in leading the congregation. So I want you to honor the official language here. It's a little bit like going to a wedding, right? It, it's really cool. It's like you get to be a part of an official ceremony. Uh, so we're going to honor the official language. It's a formal event. Um, and there are a few places at this point where the congregation will respond to questions to reduce the madness uh, that we just experienced, which was wonderful, but probably we'll just leave it with the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we've asked a few uh, people to represent the congregation, okay? So uh, there'll be three times here, and we'll just ask those individuals to unmute. And all of you, wherever you are, you can yell and holler and jump and shout if you want. That's fine. Uh, but those individuals will be doing the responding. Um, and our friend Sally Steele. Um, Sally, you want to unmute yourself and give a shout so people can see you? Hi, everyone. Yeah, there's Sally Steele. Uh, she worships at Oakland City Church, which is... I mean, sorry, Peter Choi, but it's about the coolest church in the denomination. Um, she's an ordained minister. She's a co-director of City Hope, uh, which is an urban outreach in San Francisco. And she's also one of the executives of our classes. So Sally, I want to turn it over to you in your official capacity to uh, help us become a church. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bill. And good morning, City Church of Long Beach. I've been scrolling through um, just to try to see as many of your faces as possible. Um, I know it's a little odd to do this on Zoom, but it is such a joy to be with you this morning. Um, like Bill said, we'll be walking through some official language, but really today is about relationships. Um, we've already been in relationship with City Church of Long Beach through Brenna and Bill, and we have already received so many of your gifts through them. Um, they have both personally to me been friends and have discipled me and have given me guidance and prayer. And I hope that they feel like they've received some of that from the classes as well. Um, and as we step, as, as your church steps into this new season, um, it's really about solidifying that relationship so that we can be of support to City Church of Long Beach. So we can be of support to your elders and your deacons and your pastors. Um, and in turn, you can speak into what's happening in the classes. You can help with decisions um, and together we move forward as a church. So this is really about, um, I think Brennan and Bill both mentioned a wedding. This is really about joining together more deeply as the body of Christ. So I'm excited to have been asked to be a part of it. I'm excited to see all your faces and um, already in these brief moments, I've seen, some, I've seen some of the spirit of City Church of Long Beach and um, I'm excited for you all. I'm excited for your congregation um, to move in this new direction. So. Um, I'm going to now read the official language um, of the organizing purpose statement from the RCA. And um, as Bill mentioned, I'll be asking a few questions, first of classes members, and then of the congregation as well. 
friends in Christ, the Son of God, through spirit and word, gathers, protects, and preserves the church chosen for eternal life, united in true faith. Believers, one and all, together in community, share in Christ and in all of God's treasures and gifts. We are gathered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and under the authority of the Reformed Church in America to organize a new church. On the 20th day of March, 2020, the classes of the city approved the mission of this worshiping congregation to establish a church in this place. Will the members and delegates of the classes please unmute? Do you, the classes of the city, consent to the organization of this new church? If you do, say, we do. We do. We do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the authority of the classes of the city, I declare that a church of the Reformed Church in America is now established in this place. <laughs> I now have a few questions for the congregation. Uh, will you, the people who attend City Church of Long Beach, seek to support the work of the church by being a radically welcoming community? Will you continue on your own journey towards Jesus and help others on their journeys? And will you join Jesus in the renewal of all things? And will you pray for the deacons, elders, and pastors of the church? Will you work for the peace, unity, and purity of the church in this place? I would ask Paul and Tammy Heileman to please unmute and represent the congregation in this call to form a church. City Church of Long Beach, if you will love and serve the church and the world in these ways, please say, we will. We will. We will. Thank you so much, Sally, for coming and being with us today. Makes it that much more meaningful. Friends, a large part of this ceremony, of this process, is about recognizing the incredible group of leaders that we introduced to you last week during our, our, our service who are coming together to become our new board of elders and deacons. So much of what goes from here is going to be focused on that incredible group of people. Friends in Christ, as part of establishing City Church of Long Beach, we are here to ordain and install deacons and elders in Christ's holy church. Christ alone is the source of all Christian ministry, through the ages calling diverse people to serve. Following Christ's resurrection and ascension, God has given the church apostles, prophets, and teachers, deeds of power, gifts of healing, forms of assistance, and leadership. We stand within a tradition where God calls and empowers deacons, elders, and ministers of word and sacrament. As these three offices are united in Christ, so also in the church, one office is not separate from the others. So the following people are elected to the office of elder. And you can see their names in the chat. Uh, they were introduced to you last week. Lisa Carpenter, Laura Vandernoot, Louis Thaxton, Rebecca Martinek-Williams, and Megan Williams. And the following people are elected to the office of deacon, Jojo Diaz and Stephanie Brown. Elders and deacons are called to serve as Christ served. We look to them to be people of spiritual commitment exemplary life, compassionate spirit, and sound judgment. Elders and deacons together with the ministers form the board 
to lead God's people in proclaiming good news to the poor, righteousness to the nations, and peace among all. The consistory provides for the welfare of the church, stewardship of property and finance, and the spiritual benefit and growth of all God's people. So the elders in particular uh, are set apart for a ministry of watchful and responsible care for the welfare and order of the church. They have oversight of all members, including one another, the deacons and the ministers, equipping everyone to live in harmony with God's word. They ensure the word of God is rightly proclaimed and taught and the sacraments faithfully administered. Elders assist the ministers with their good counsel, and they serve all Christians with advice, consolation, and encouragement. Deacons are set apart for a ministry of mercy, service, and outreach. They gather gifts and offerings, care for them faithfully, and distribute them with wisdom and compassion to persons in need and for purposes that advance God's kingdom on earth. Deacons visit and comfort the distressed, provide for whatever necessities may arise, and assist the congregation at services of worship. So, Julie Pineda, uh, if you can unmute and represent the congregation here as we affirm the church's call on these leaders. Um, so, City Church, and Julie will respond for you. City Church of Long Beach, do you confirm that these people shall be ordained and installed to the offices of elder and deacon in this church? If you do, say we do. We do. Siblings in Christ, before Almighty God and in the presence of this congregation, answer sincerely these questions. So these are our questions for our deacons and elders. Do you confess together with us and the church throughout the ages, your faith in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go ahead and unmute. Yes, truly, with all my heart. Do you believe in your heart that you are called by Christ's church and therefore by God to this office? Yes. Yes, truly, with all my heart. That's it, board. Don't worry about the fact that you're gonna be out of sync with each other. Just go ahead and say it. I'll wait for you. Do you believe the books of the Old and New Testaments to be the word of God and the perfect doctrine of salvation, rejecting all contrary beliefs? Yes, truly, with yes, all my heart. There you go, we're getting it. Will you be diligent in your study of Holy Scripture and in your use of the means of grace? Will you pray for God's people and lead them by your own example in faithful service and holy living. I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. Love it. Will you accept the church's order and governance, submitting to ecclesial discipline should you become delin delinquent in either life or doctrine? I will, and I will ask God to help me. Will you be loyal to the witness and work of the Reformed Church in America, using your abilities to further its Christian mission here and throughout the world? I will, and I ask God to help you. I will, and I ask God to help you. A question just for our elders. As elders, will you faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully study God's word, oversee the household of faith, encourage spiritual growth, maintain loving discipline, and provide for the proclamation of the gospel and the celebration of the sacraments. I will. I will and I have to help me. A question just for our deacons. 
As deacons, will you faithfully, diligently, and cheerfully manifest Christ's love and care, gather and distribute the offerings of God's people, visit and comfort the distressed, minister to the poor and needy, and strive to advance God's reign of justice and peace. I will, and I ask God to help me. I ask God to help me. Great. So I'm going to uh, invite those who are being ordained, the elders and deacons, to kneel right where you are, uh, slightly awkward in your living room, but you know, what can you do? Uh, I'd like to invite all of those who have been ordained to office uh, in this church or any sister church to raise your hands. So this is uh, ministers and elders and deacons who've been uh, ordained. If you can raise your hand signifying that you're like reaching out and kind of laying a hand on these elders and deacons. And then Jason Brown is going to pray for our elders and deacons now. Uh, for those who haven't met Jason, he was one of the founding pastors of City Church back in the day. And we're honored to have you with us here today today, Jason. So if you can unmute and pray over these folks. Thanks. It's so good to see so many of you that I know and love. And it's also good to see so many new people who have no idea who I am. And it's uh, true. It's fantastic to be able to pray with you and for you today. So let us pray. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit, gentle as a dove, burning as fire, upon these elders and deacons and fill them with grace and power for their ministries. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only head of the church, I declare that Lisa Carpenter, Laura Vandernoot, Louis Faxton, Rebecca Martinek-Williams, and Megan Williams are ordained to the office of elder. And I declare that Jojo Diaz and Stephanie Brown are ordained to the office of deacon. Friends, Jojo, Stephanie, Lisa, Laura, Louis, Rebecca, and Megan, may you fall ever more deeply in love with the one who has called you to these humble and holy offices and be faithful in sharing the gifts you've been given for the good of the body. Be wholehearted for the church of Christ welcoming and wise, honest and tender, self-aware and Jesus-centered. Do justice, love goodness, and hold always to the mystery of the faith. Amen. Amen. So now I have some questions for the church. Uh, and uh, Wayne Nishioka and Jim Wilson, are uh, you guys out there? You want to unmute? Hello? Uh, hello. Hello. Oh, here's this beautiful man. Um, they're going to respond on behalf of the congregation, but again, feel free to jump up and down uh, all you want on mute, uh, everyone else. So City Church of Long Beach, now is your time to affirm your covenant with the elders and deacons whom God has given us. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, do you receive in the name of the Lord these elders and deacons as duly elected and ordained servants of Christ? If you do, say we do. We, we do. do. And do you promise to respect them for the sake of the offices for which they have been chosen and ordained? If you do, say we do. We, we do. And do you promise to encourage and pray for them? to labor together in obedience to the gospel for the unity, purity, and peace of the church, the welfare of the whole world, and the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you do, say we do. 
We do. There you go. We got it. <laughs> and finally, uh, beloved people of God, receive these elders and deacons as Christ's own servants. Support them in love that their work may bear fruit. And in the name and by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, I declare these siblings in Christ are truly installed elders and deacons in this church. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thanks be to God and feel free to, you know, do a little clapping and, you know, woo, wherever you are, because this is really, this is awesome. And we're so grateful, so grateful to this incredible group of people, grateful to God for getting us to this place. This is a fun moment. Yay, City Church. We are so grateful today that another of our friends from the city classes has agreed to join us and to, to offer some words of encouragement for the road ahead uh, on this very special Sunday. And so would you join me? We are going to be welcoming Dr. Peter Choi. Uh, Peter is just an incredible friend to City Church. He has advised Bill and I, had great conversations with us, led us to great resources. He is a pastor up at City Church of San Francisco as well as being a senior fellow at the New Begin House of Studies, which is obviously, he's smart. He's actually, he's kind of a thought leader. One of his big areas of research is on the history of racism and evangelicalism uh, in the American church. Uh, so Peter's just an incredible guy, and we are so lucky to be able to hear from him in just a moment. Uh, before that, Megan Williams, our new elder, is going to read scripture for us to lead us into Peter's, Peter's message. Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is from Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Well, what a joy and honor to join you um, all at City Church Long Beach on this very special day. I want to just uh, send a special word of thanks to uh, Pastor Bill and Pastor Brenna for their good work and for their friendship. Uh, it's just part of the joy I think so many of us have on our faces today is to celebrate the work that you have been doing. And now, uh, and not just now, because these people have been working alongside of you, but the, the elders and deacons who are being affirmed and entrusted into um, these offices. Um, what, a, what a fantastic day. Um, I want to bring you greetings and blessings from your friends to the north at City Church San Francisco, and also on behalf of my friends and colleagues um, in, city church, uh, in city classes of the Reformed Church in America. We're going to spend just a, a brief moment reflecting on these words of Isaiah as a, we're framing it as a blessing for the road ahead. 
And I want to just start off by saying for many years, um, I had this thought every time I would hear these words, read these words, and it went something like this. How could the writer of scripture get it so wrong? Because if you think about these words, especially the last verse that we just heard, it's completely backwards. What I would expect, I think what we would all expect, what any child knows is that you go from walking and then, and then running and then soaring. And yet if you slow down and pay careful attention to the words here, it's exactly the opposite. The writer of Isaiah goes from soaring to running to walking. And if I'm honest, what I don't like about this order is the downward movement, the lack of affirmation that my best years are ahead of me. And I think the real gift and maybe even the blessing of this passage is that it helps us to understand how life really works. So let's take a moment to learn what we can from the upside down and backwards wisdom of this text. First, we are told that those who wait on the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. And I think it's important to, to receive that, to hear those words as words of encouragement and words of blessing. A few of us are soaring in these smoke-filled quarantine days. Uh, but even if you are um, not going freely about enjoying your days and scaling the heights uh, in, some, in some spiritual or metaphorical fashion, I think you all can relate. There have been times in your life, in your walk with God, where you have soared. And it's, uh, it, it was a time of blessing. It was a time of encouragement. It was a time of great joy. We've all had moments like this. I, I thought about um, the week before graduating from college. Um, what an exciting time that was for me as, um, as a person, you know, like without having papers to write and deadlines, just to hang out with your closest friends, uh, waiting to celebrate this great accomplishment. Or I thought about um, the early days of, um, of when my wife and I started dating, how, how wonderful that was. It's been wonderful all along, but especially those early days, how, you know, just the delight and um, the joy, the gratitude that we had. Or I thought about my first few weeks back in California after a long 16 years in the Midwest. Now, no offense to those of you who grew up or are from the Midwest, but as a person who grew up in California, those were long, hard years. And then being back, I felt like I was just soaring on wings like eagles and I was singing praises to God every single day. Now, we have moments like this, moments we don't want to end, moments when life is so good and you want to pinch yourself to make sure that you are not dreaming when we are soaring on wings like eagles. Now, what might be helpful for us to know is that eagles have these amazing wingspans. And what it means to soar on wings like eagles means that, you know, uh, scientists who've studied this have said that eagles would spend about, for every hour they are in flight, they would spend about two minutes actually flapping their wings. The rest of the time what they're doing is they are simply catching one thermal wave after another. Um, they are basically surfing in the sky. And it's effortless, it's easy, it is, um, it is not a lot of work. 
It is simply enjoying the view from way up there. I think for the people of Israel in the Old Testament, it was uh, being at Mount Horeb, which is another word for Horeb at Sinai. After long years of being in slavery in Egypt to be freed, to have Moses, their representative, walk up to Mount Sinai and have a face-to-face mountaintop experience with God, to be encamped there, to be free people. Yes, the smell of Egypt still on their clothes, but also the joy, the adrenaline, the excitement of being a newly liberated people. In the Christian life, there are also moments of triumph like these, mountaintop experiences. When you think anything is possible, when you can feel God, God's nearness, maybe today feels like a mountaintop experience, a time when you are soaring on wings like eagles, where as a, as a, a church, as a community, you are receiving, recognizing, celebrating the many gifts of God. Or I think about the ending of the Gospel of uh, Matthew, where Jesus has just risen from the grave, from the death, from death, and he is commissioning his disciples to go into the ends of the earth. And the command, the imperative, the verb at the end of the Gospel of Matthew is to go. It is the Great Commission. And there's something about having a clarity of vision, a calling that is large enough to hold all of our dreams and all of our hopes. There's something about having that kind of, um, that kind of vision to wake up in the morning for that is joyful, that is worth celebrating. So my exhortation to you this morning is don't miss it. Enjoy the ride and make sure you enjoy the view when you're up there. But also know that you will not always soar. We know it from life and we hear it in this text. You will not always soar. There will be times when you will run and not be weary. Maybe this is obvious, um, but we won't always soar. And running is very different from flying. Not that any of us would know, right? Because we don't really actually have wings like eagles. But, but if you think about it, running is a very different kind of work. It is hard work. It is difficult work. It is arduous. It is something that you have to pour effort and energy into. Um, marathon runners, um, talk, talk about this thing called a marathon wall. And I came across this really interesting uh, reflection from a novice marathon runner and his uh, first encounter with this wall. And I want to just read it for you. It's, it's a little bit long, but I think this is going to help us to understand what it means to run. And so uh, let me just read this for you. On race day, I started out fast and got into a nice strong rhythm in, in the middle miles faster than the, than the pace I trained for. But I knew I could hold the pace. I felt so good at 15 miles, I increased my pace even further above my planned pace. I was certain that no marathon wall could possibly block my way to a successful finish. If the wall had the audacity to drop down in front of me, I would just break through it or climb over it. At about mile 17, I started to feel a rather ominous tingling in my legs that was unlike anything I had ever felt in shorter races. But I wasn't too concerned. I still had my confidence and willpower. At mile 20, that tingling turned into a near numbness, 
and my confidence began to wane. When I struggled past the 22 mile marker, the numbness had morphed into something akin to running with bags of red hot lead balls, filling my leg muscles that left me praying for a return to the near numbness of mile 20. By mile 24, my mind had deteriorated as much as my muscles and my will to continue jumped the sinking ship. I had been reduced to a bumbling shell of a runner with the mind of a zombie. Thoughts of breaking through the wall had been replaced by a strong desire to sit down right where I was and not move. What a, what a powerful description of what happens to us uh, when we run, when we run in life, when we do things that are so joyful and so meaningful, and at the same time, over the course of time, after days and weeks and months and years, we grow tired. Life won't always treat you well. The love of your life will also be a pain sometimes, not necessarily speaking from personal experience of this, but so I hear. Um, adorable babies become moody teenagers. This one I do have specific and direct experience of. Um, dreams turn to dust. And sometimes the biggest accomplishment of the week is just getting by. You will know disappointment, failure, futility, sadness, hopelessness, I could go on. In these moments, it is helpful to remember that running is an activity where you are moved by a higher imperative. When you run, you are pulled along by something, someone outside of you, in front of you, calling you. It reminds me of the ending of the Gospel of John, where Jesus' last words to his followers is not to go, as in Matthew, uh, he might as well have said, soar on wings like eagles to the ends of the earth. He doesn't say that. He says at the very ending of, uh, in the, end, the closing chapters of uh, verses of uh, the Gospel of John, he says, follow me. He says to the Apostle Peter, who had just experienced a major personal failing, he says, follow me. Peter, who is down in the dumps. It's almost like Jesus is saying, so you fell. So what? Pick yourself up and follow me. It is running the race of faith with endurance. There's something that is exciting about having someone or some, some cause to follow, to have something to get up in the morning to do, stuff to do, places to go. Dear friends, you may encounter, you will encounter, as a, in, especially in the work of the church, in the life of the church, you will encounter setbacks and pain in community and life together. But if you wait on the Lord, you will run the race with perseverance, being sure of this, that God who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And yet running as glorious as it may be, can't last forever. The wisdom of Isaiah 40 teaches us that there are some days when we will walk and not faint. Not the most inspiring word, but it's a word that I think all of us need to hear. 
a time will come in your life when you will not be able to run. I remember uh, many years ago when uh, our oldest was, um, you know, just a, maybe a six, seven years old, and we were out in the park playing catch. And I don't know what it was that he noticed. Maybe it, he, he heard me gasping for breath, or um, he saw that um, I was just, uh, just my energy was waning. Maybe he saw the salt and pepper of my hair and, and saw more of the, the, the salt than the pepper glistening in the sun. But he just stopped in the middle of playing catch and he said, he said, dad, well, actually he said, Appa, just Korean for dad. He said, dad, you will be a grandpa one day. <laughs> and I just, it just, it cracked me up. But also there was some wisdom, right? There was some wisdom that he was transmitting to me in that moment that I needed to receive. And what I want to share with you this morning is that walking is different from running. Walking is not about showing off. And unless you are a fashion model or a president or the president, you don't practice walking, right? It's just something you do. You don't worry about it. You don't think about it. You don't, you're not concerned about the mechanics of it or how you look while doing it. Walking and not fainting is what Jesus tells his disciples to do at the, ending, at the end of the Gospel of Luke. When he tells them to stay in Jerusalem, the place where it is so hard for them to stay, for these country bumpkins who are in the big city of Jerusalem and their, and their, and their leader, their fearless leader and teacher has just, is about to leave them. Or, and he comes and he says to them, stay where you are. Listen and prepare for the road that God has for you. This is not a moment for giving up. This is a moment for continuing. It is a call to slow down, to contemplate, to wait, to listen for the Holy Spirit, especially after a season of uh, exhausting and frenetic activity. Sometimes we just need to walk, to take it easy. Dear friends, listen carefully to the word of the Lord. You will not always soar. You will not always run. There will be days when you can do nothing but walk. The life of faith, a life well lived, is not only about soaring high. It's not only about running fast, but it's about slowing down and walking with our Lord. This is a necessary and sobering and perhaps serious word for us today, but it's one that we need to hear. When there are literally fires burning all around us, but also metaphorical fires burning all around us. You know, when we, let me just take the example of racial justice. When there is this need to do something about the fire, the, the damaging effects of racial injustice in our world. And for many of us, if I may, if I may just speak to the persons of color in the room. There are exhausting moments when um, the white friends, the white allies in your life, you don't know if they are really truly allies or adversaries. And there are moments when it's really hard, when it feels like you're in the middle of a landmine and any direction in which you walk is going to, to trip something up and it will cause an explosion. Some of you are living in the midst of those explosive seasons in your life. And you don't know what to do. And you walk carefully. And what you realize is that it's dangerous to run fast in a moment like that. But you also realize it's dangerous to stay where you are. And so what you have to do is put one foot in front of the other.
And yet, this is the work that God calls us to. The mistake that we would make is that thinking that God is only with us when we are soaring or walking. And I'm really grateful, even though I think it's backwards, and I would much rather it go the other way around, to go from walking to running to soaring. I'm really grateful that God's word teaches us, reminds us, encourages us that there will be times after the seasons of soaring and running when we are walking. And because of our faithful God, we can do it in faith, um, in confidence, uh, even in the midst of our weakness. And finally, before we close, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the ending of the Gospel of Matthew and John and Luke. I haven't forgotten about the ending of the Gospel of Mark. Because in the Gospel of Mark, we are told um, in these famous last words of, uh, of the Gospel of Mark, that the women who were disciples and followers of Jesus, they were trembling and afraid, and they told no one what they had just witnessed. These followers of Jesus said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Isaiah 40 doesn't quite get here, but I think the wisdom of Scripture, the wisdom of the gospel, what Jesus' life and, and the gospels teach us is that sometimes there are moments when we actually do faint when we are terrified and there is nothing for us to do and we wanna just shut the door, curl up with the book and take a nap. And that's okay. That too is an act of discipleship. It's an act of following hard after Jesus. There are times when we can do nothing and when we should do nothing. And I think I wanna just pause at the very end here and, and just reflect on the fact that I think American Christianity is re really, really good at Matthew. The, we even give a theological name to the ending of Matthew, don't we? It's the Great Commission. There's no such name for the ending of the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of John, certainly not for the Gospel of Mark. And yet these are all words that we need to hear. And so in closing, dear friends, I want to invite you to hear this confounding, this frustrating, this uninspiring word as a word of blessing for City Church Long Beach. May you who wait on the Lord, may, may you soar on wings like eagles. And may you run and not grow weary. And may you walk and not faint. This is God's blessing. This is God's promise for you.